And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hoach. 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 Put it in the CHGO. It's Adam Ho, and from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. It's one of the craziest games that I've covered live. But that crazy. For me. I feel like uh, how many times a season do we say that? Yeah, but this one, like, I know. In the red zone. <laughs> I'm, I'm not disputing what you're zone. saying. I'm just like, how does this franchise keep doing that? Anyway, uh, who cares? Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Hogue and Johns back with you for one last preview show from the 22. Oh, I thought we were here to wrap up the season. So, well, well <laughs> we kind of are. But there is a game being played Sunday. Welcome in. Adam Hogue, Adam Johns, and Kevin Fishbane. Coming off that just enormous win over Illinois last night for the Northwestern Kitty Cats. Uh, you should show everyone your shirt. It says uh, expect victory, which uh, Adam Hogue did not last night. No. He texted me with about four minutes to go. Uh, and in Adam Hogue's defense, he had every reason to uh, not expect victory. Were you thinking the same thing as me? Of course. I've yeah. been in that arena plenty of times when they're in the similar situation and uh, lose the game. But it was nice to see uh, uh, a revenue team for Northwestern win a game, a big game. That's well said. Yeah. And, and and you do expect victory every time, right? With that shirt. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm delusional. He slept on that <laughs> <If> nothing shirt. Nothing else. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Big win for Northwestern last night over Illinois. So, uh, you know, that's always nice. Unless you're an Illinois fan, I guess. Uh, but welcome in. And uh, we are going to preview this Bears-Vikings game. Justin Fields not playing. We'll discuss kind of the fallout from all that. What we heard yesterday at House Hall. We also... I'll take the blame. Sort of forgot to play the voicemails on Tuesday. We had a lot going on. Uh, it was a different type of show, obviously. And then we were concentrating on Kevin Warren. So I do have your voicemails from last week's game uh, against the Lions. So we'll play those. And um, yeah, uh, I just want to point out right off the top, though, obvious shirts. The um, Of course, you can always find our merch there, but they're doing, and I have one on right now. One of these uh, Demar Hamlin shirts. Uh, Joe Johnson's just an awesome dude, and and this this happened last year with the JD shirts, which honestly over the last year have been. I'm just wearing a, one of those. Yeah, you got the JD shirt on right now. So um, it, essentially, if you go buy one of these on AviShirts.com, uh, AviShirts doesn't make any money off of it. They, you know, it, it costs them money and time and effort to produce these shirts and print them. Um, it's actually a big undertaking, and then all the money is going towards the toy drive uh go fund me that demar hamlin we talked about the other day you know started a couple years ago that has just been flooded with uh, donations this week so uh once again joe johnson coming through and uh pretty cool to get these out as quickly as he did and so um if you want to support demar as he's still fighting in the hospital please uh go check that out at obvishirts.com um all right so News comes in yesterday. You guys were there. Justin Fields not gonna play. I this was sort of what I had a hunch on when uh Eberflus's tone changed Monday compared to Sunday when we were in Detroit, but yet he still was saying Monday that if he's healthy he would play. So that sort of set off alarm bells in my head that maybe Justin Fields came in Monday and wasn't healthy or as healthy as he thought he was Sunday. And it turns out that's the case. He has this hip, um, which I know there's like conspiracy theories out there that like it's just completely made up. I don't think it's made up. They were clearly working on it on the sideline. Now, is it something he could play through if it was, you know, if this game meant something? 
Maybe. Um, but I don't certainly well, knowing don't f- him probably. Yeah, probably. I, I, but I don't fault the Bears at all for for resting him and you know draft draft aside, draft implications aside. Just, even if it, even if this was like a few weeks ago with the shoulder, I still think he probably could have played through that too. If it was like a playoff game or something like that, so I don't fault the Bears at all. I think it makes a lot of sense. And uh, that being said, I still don't think it's ideal. I came under fire on Twitter for this. I don't think it's ideal for anybody to be dealing with a hip injury let alone your quarterback. Hip injuries can be tricky. Something that lingers uh, you, you know, down the road. My first reaction was good. He's given you enough. He has. I thought he should have been removed at halftime of the Lions game, or at least in the third quarter. We talked about that in the last, last podcast. To me, those, those snaps in that second half had little to no value when the Lions had backups in and they're playing prevent and they know you're passing. Forget it. It's over. It's, that's history. But he's given you enough. He's got shoulder problems. He's got hip problems. His foot got stepped on and was bleeding against the Buffalo Bills. He's got some things going on. The last thing you need is more things going on or those things that are going on getting worse. Sit him, rest him. It's the right call by the Bears. Yeah, and I think we've all gotten to know Justin Fields enough to know that he would have loved an opportunity to end his season differently. Like I don't think he's probably happy about the last game of his season being what happened in Detroit when he threw for 75 yards and completed seven passes against a pretty bad pass defense. So I think we all know him well enough to know that he would want to play if he could. Um, he's also smart enough, and he said this with the shoulder, um, that he's not going to go out and, and, and make it worse either. I, like I, We see this all around the league, guys. Like I mean, if, if they were going for the seventh pick, I think the same thing would have happened. As long as this game didn't have playoff implications, um, it would do, and, and and I'll say this to all the people who filled up our mentions with gifs of tanks, right? And I wrote this yesterday and said this to John's like seventeen times. Um, the Bears have lost eight in a row with Justin Fields as their starting quarterback. It's not like if he was playing, it's a guaranteed victory. I mean, I know the point spread changed. I'm not saying Nathan Peterman is anywhere close to Justin Fields in terms of playmaking. He or just quarterback said he was good, didn't he? He's saying he's good. <laughs> No, like this is a massive downgrade. Like I get that, but let's not pretend no. that suddenly, like the Bears were going to win a th- something they haven't done since before Halloween. Thank you, Justin Fields had two of Justin Fields had two of the greatest games for a quarterback running the ball in the history of the league back to back at home, and the Bears lost both those games. Yeah, so like they've found plenty of ways to lose even when he's played really, really well. So, like, this is a huge difference. This makes it almost certain they're probably going to lose. But let's not say here and say that, that they made this move so that they could lose because they've done a pretty good job of that over the past if couple If you're going to use that tank word, I, I think it applies to the defense because you wanted Justin Fields to play this year to, to develop. But on defense, you traded Cleo Mack, Robert Quinn, right? You traded Roquan Smith, which was like the the biggest sign of like, hey, this is about next year and beyond. This isn't about this year. And then you you, you put Jack Sanborn and Jalen Johnson on IR when they had injuries. If you ask them, they probably could have played through in a week or two. Instead, they've been on IR for a few weeks now. So all the, the talent on defense isn't there, and you get the defense you're getting. But if you're going to use the tank word, I think that applies more to the defense. I think I said this last week, but do you know how hard it is now that it's nine games in a row? Do you know how hard it is to lose nine games in a row when your quarterback's playing relatively well? I mean, that's not how this league works. Most games when we're like on the fence between two teams, you go with the better quarterback because that's usually how it plays out. Quarterback plays well, team wins. Nine games in a row with your quarterback playing well this past week was really the first exception to that, in my opinion. That's really hard to do. That's why I don't understand why. Uh, to your point, Kevin, I really I, last week I, it blew my mind that people thought that the Bears could actually win that game. Like it just wasn't going to happen. Even if the offense put up more points, they, they can't stop anybody on defense. I feel the same way about this week too. Um, even if it's a game where for some reason the Vikings take the foot off the gas in the second half, because you know they don't 
they do need to win the game. The way the NFL schedule set this up, we'll get into more of this when we talk more about the Vikings, but the way the schedule set up, if they were playing at the same time as the 49ers, then you could do a little bit of scoreboard watching. The 49ers playing the Cardinals. You know, if it's 21 nothing in the first quarter, all of a sudden the Vikings probably pull pull some guys out and you wouldn't blame them. But the fact that they got to play the whole game and not know what's going on with the 49ers, I think that, that actually works to the Bears' advantage in terms of getting the number one pick. Again, not that I think it's an issue anyway. <laughs> like the Vikings backups probably win this game, especially now that the quarterback's out. Um, simple question. Was year two for Justin Fields a success? I think yes. Um, I don't see... I, I, they have the worst passing offense in the league. I understand that. Looking at, looking at him individually... His passer rating went up, though. Looking at him individually, his QBR went up, though. I think using him as a runner more or encouraging him to scramble more, which starts with Mandy Rufloos, has completely changed the conversation about him. He's a dynamic player, and I think he has potential to get better as a passer. I think some things just what they were is in terms of the passing offense, bad offensive line. Receivers who had a lot of drops, receivers who couldn't get open, new offensive coordinator, knew a lot of things for the Bears offense, but I think it's hard to argue otherwise. I do think year two was successful, and at least individually for Justin Fields. Yeah, I'll say it was. You saw that spurt in the middle of the season that showed you you can score a lot of points with this guy as your quarterback, even with less talent, you know, with middling talent around him. So that kind of sets the stage for the offseason where you can kind of build around that. Like, you know what makes Justin Fields successful. You know how to make the offense go. Now you got to find him better players at pretty much every position. Um, I, I I think this is a little bit... I think the as the end of the season went, it reminded me a little bit more of Miami's situation with Tua last year where, like... For example, if Justin Fields, if this was his third year, I don't think are, are any of us talking about the Bears giving him a massive contract in two weeks? No, uh, I, I don't. I'm not sure. Like it would probably be after next year. But well, no, but, I, that's no, but I like the hypothetical. It's if this was year three. In in, in 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 the the better question is: Are they picking up the fifth year option? Right? Wouldn't that be right. the question it, that we'd be talking about going into the offseason? Yeah. And it'd be like, you know, because if he was like, you didn't get that answer, right? And, and they, they don't need, they didn't need it because it's only year two. But I'm just saying, like, that's why I kind of make the two a comparison where I'm not sure if Miami really knew what they had in him. And then they went out and we saw what they did this offseason. And we saw how well he's played for most of the year. Obviously, he's struggled lately in the concussions. But like I just bring that up as a like if if Justin Fields had a contract situation, the Bears are totally being like, wait, let's let's hold off. We we like you a lot, we think, but we're not giving you we're not giving you the big contract yet. We gotta see like one more year. They, yeah. they don't have to worry about that decision. That's why like I, it was successful, but I don't think it was, and I don't think it was possible probably to reach that level of success because of what's around him either. Yeah, that's a tricky question. Well, uh, so got, no, I look at it. Well, it wasn't his third season. It was his second. Yeah. First with Matty Bufloos, first with Luke Getze. He barely played with Chase Claypool, a guy who was acquired to, to help be that number one wide receiver. Darnell Mooney got hurt, right? Khalil Herbert got hurt for a portion of the season. The entire offensive line battled injuries throughout the duration of the season. There was never any chemistry up front, never. Even the feel-good story, Tevin Jenkins, he's on injured reserve. Right now, there was just way too much, too many moving pieces, too many other storylines going on offensively for really any consistency to emerge. I think the only consistent thing that emerged was Justin Fields giving you almost everything he got every single week. Yeah, running the ball, throwing the ball when he needed to. Here, here can I give you an advanced stat real quick? I, I think no. that the Detroit game. Shut up, Mike Glennon. I think he's back hey, in the that's, league. That's he's NFL been, quarterback Mike Glenn. You better yes. show him some respect. Yes. What team? I forget. Jets? Panthers. Dolphins. 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 Oh, that's right. Speaking of Tua. Um, 
I think that week 17, the game in Detroit, was a bit of an outlier. It just felt different because I don't think he looked right, to be honest. I said that to, to you off the air um, on Sunday night. Can, can I, I know you're going to give us a step. On that point, though, Corey Wooten seemed to think body language-wise, too. And I think you're both onto something, and I don't really know why. And maybe it's because he wasn't feeling right. But there was just a, in, including the time where he ran out of bounds for the three yard sack when it could have been fourth and two or fourth and goal from the two. It just seemed like there were a few plays in that game where he didn't really have any interest in even trying to find somebody open and just went out of bounds. And and, and that was, to, I think, did you just use the word outlier? Like, I agree. I don't know really what was going on. Something was different even in the. Um, Effort's not the right word, and I'm not accusing it to be an effort issue. Just, um, I don't know, like intensity. Maybe that. Maybe the eye in the hits principle. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, they were down so big. But this right? was even early. That's like the second series of the game. I, I think the, the hip led to some frustration for him. Maybe like, that's oh, what it is. Like maybe it, just being just, frustrated. Oh, man, like yeah. I got to battle through another injury because that's when the running decreased. Right? Anyway, from weeks 7 to 16, this is from NFL Faster, right? This is like expected point added, expected points added and all that stuff, right? So from week 7 to 16, NFL Faster, their composite, their expected points added. There you go, Adam. Expected points added, completion over expectation composite. Very advanced stats, right? Had Fields as the seventh best quarterback among qualified quarterbacks from week seven to sixteen, just in terms of what he was providing the Bears offense in terms of points. Yeah. And completion percentage. Just just the thought there. You 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 know what's another way that's not nearly as scientific or probably as important to quantify that? He became like the best fantasy quarterback there for a minute. Like he was outscoring Josh Allen. He was he was this week if going into week 17 on ESPN's quarterback rankings he was listed as number 1. I mean I, that's not nearly as scientific as what what you just brought up but it shows you the dude is putting points on the scoreboard which at the end of the day is ultimately what matters. That's what you're trying to do, right? Score. Yeah. yeah. And, and and sometimes that's where I, I I think fantasy football is actually indicative of how guys play. If you're scoring points you're doing something right. You're helping right. your team win, and uh, and and fields. So to answer the original question, yes, this was a successful season. With what before started? I go go back and adjust my grades, he graded out as a long term starter when all said and done. So to answer your question, Kevin, if it's the end of year three and I have to decide on a fifth year option, my grades say he's a long term starter. He might not be elite yet. He might not be, you know, the give him a two hundred million dollar fully guaranteed contract guy, but I sure as hell am picking up his fifth-year option because he's a long-term starter. And he showed you enough to to make you want to keep him and you want to see like what he does with better receivers and a better offensive line and a better defense that's going to give him put him in better situations. And John's going back to that week 17 to week 16 range, um, maybe a, a, a simpler number, I guess, is his pat, his completion percentage was 67 which is about like nine points higher than it was for all of last year, seven points higher than what this full season was in that range. Because like, I think that's something that you really wanted to see improve. And, and, and you saw, I mean, he was, as long as he's not throwing horizontal to the flat, <laughs> like I think his, he, he was able to make more layups in that stretch than we had seen him make earlier in the season and certainly last year. And and that's something they have to keep building on because we all know he can throw the deep ball. Um, but that's what I wanted to see was, is he going to hit those slants? Is he going to hit some of those out patterns? And I think he did that at a much higher rate than he had. I'll give you the stats. He completed 67% of his passes. That's 122 for 182 for nearly 1,300 yards. 12 touchdowns, 5 interceptions for a 98.2 passer rating. He averaged 7.1 yards per attempt, 
And in that time frame, that's week 7 to 16, he ran for 729 yards and 7 scores and 96 carries. What else? Go ahead. I'm listening. That's a lot. Yes. Yes. I, I think what started to stick out with to, to me, and I wrote about this last week, is what, what players, current and former, started to say about him. Like it, it was more, and it wasn't just like us asking players about it. It was them on like their own podcast, mm-hmm. bringing him up just because they were that impressed. Like Darius Slay, yeah, Von Miller, right? It's guys going on Pat McAfee's show. There was just so much of it. That's the, that that resonates. Like he he's doing things that say he's special, and it's not us saying it. It's not the stats saying it. It's players who actually play the game saying it, going out of their way to say it. And it was more and more and more as the season went on. You know what um, also sticks with me? With, I guess he's technically a former player. When we had JT O'Sullivan on, like at this point, that must have been a month and a half, and a half ago. And he, you know, how many games were left in the season? Six, seven still? And he was like, guys, this season's already a win for you. Yeah, it's a win, and 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 like so that or sort of changes the original question too. Was year two a success for Fields? I think it's a little bit more nuanced. You know, was this year a success for the Bears? Because I don't know that they got as many answers as they really wanted to on the rest of the roster. But at the end of the day, you go back to all the things we talked about in the summer. Number one priority was the d- development of Justin Fields, and given all the problems around him. If we're still sitting here saying it was a success for Fields, then it was a success for the Bears. Especially if they somehow end up with the number one pick on Sunday. And uh, one other advanced stat to throw at you guys. Uh, since Trevor Simi went on IR, the Bears have failed to score more than 20 points. So yeah. I think that shows you what he meant to Fields, having him as the number two, having his guidance there. Like that, you know, that that's kind of where the offense started to fall off was when that when you lost having that kind of that mentor figure, if you will, and knowing that he's he's the guy right there, one snap away. Once he uh, went on IR, not. offense fell apart. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm I, just those are just stats. I, mean, I still saw Trevor in the locker room last week with his crazy wavy hair. Did you see that? I did see that. Yeah. He's got twins now. Just I th- feel I think they just uh, as you guys know, there's no time to to do anything with your hair when you got got babies running around. You you live with coffee, and you wear hats. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> I don't wear hats. I have a baby running around still. More coffee. Yeah, I don't have coffee in front of me right now. I should. Hey, um. Quick update, speaking of DeMar Hamlin off the top of the show, some really good news coming out right now while we're recording. This is from the Buffalo Bills. Per the physicians caring for DeMar Hamlin at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, DeMar has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours. While still critically ill, he has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal, and he is making steady progress. We are grateful for the love and support we have received. It's awesome. It's absolutely amazing. And then Rappaport also had this update. Um, said DeMar Hamlin opened his eyes last night and is responsive. Truly incredible. One thing that's very clear from speaking to those close to him, they are endlessly appreciative of the medical care given to Hamlin on the field immediately and then over the last 72 hours. So It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Let's, you know, hope that that continues to... Um, go that route. I mean, especially if neurologically he's intact, that's great. And then I know his uncle mentioned the lungs too. So I don't, we don't know what kind of damage that is, but sometimes CPR can, you know, cause physical damage to the ribs and, yeah. and lungs like that. So that's probably Breaking, just, you could break ribs. Um, yeah. Can I Actually, say I something? I think you're supposed to break ribs. Yes. Yes. Can I say something before we get to the voicemails? Sure. Um, it was amazing to see Habarkish at Hallis Hall yesterday. Like giving him the the applause as he moved from the the last row of the media room to the to the front room to see him embrace Matt Eberflus to to see him actually the moment that I, I felt was just like 
powerful was when, speaking of like CPR and life-saving moments, like quick action, when John Tarpey, the Bears director of security, came down and gave Hub his pass back. <laughs> um, Tarpey is the one who saved Hub's life. To see them embrace in the media room that that was that was special. It was good to have Hub back. <laughs> it was great to hear him like talk and shop too. Like he wasted no time. So uh, tearing into this team and that felt very therapeutic and great. It's probably and it probably is for him, which which is good. Um, I, I first of all, I just love that Tarpy still has like had his pass the whole time. Yeah, and I, I love saw his line. Hey man, you dropped this. You oh, dropped. I mean, good. that's great. That's that's awesome. And then I gotta say, like I was. You know, I wanted to hear Hub start grilling Flus a little bit in the presser. I mean, he could have, it's the one day where he could ask any question and no one could have gotten mad at him no matter no, what. No, come on, fire. Come on, Hub. It's great to see him. Um, what, what if Hub was just like, really? Justin doesn't have an injury. Come on, Flus. <laughs> I mean, that would have been, even if it was a bit, it would have been hilarious. It would have been gold. It would have been great. So I, I'm I'm really bummed I missed that yesterday. I was, but I just seeing all your guys' tweets and um, and even I, some of that was actually on the presser. Like if you go back and watch it on Twitter, you could really cut. okay. Well, like uh, when you guys were trying to figure out where to sit, I think you guys were trying to get Hub to sit in the front or something. Like you could see all that happening on on the stream, and then the applause, and then it cut out briefly when Flus got up to it. I think that's the point. He gave him a hug. I'm yeah. assuming. So people might not uh, believe me if you've listened to Hub on the radio over the last forty years. He doesn't really love attention, like the, like I know mm-hmm. it kind of. I mean, and certainly that's what, what what happened to him is not the type of thing you want attention for either. So like when he came in and was very humble and just you know wanting to say hi to everybody and he didn't want to move up to the front row. That is that is kind of Hub, um, and uh, it was very special. It was a special day, and uh, you know that that you know. When the medical emergency happened, that was that was very scary and scary scariest for him and his family. And it was great to see Arthur Hub's son, who we've all worked with. And um, yeah, so that was that was a really uh, uplifting moment to uh, have Hub in there. And then two minutes later, we found out Nathan Peterman starting the uh, final game with the yeah. Bears season. Welcome back, ba- back to reality. <laughs> ba- welcome back to the beat, Hub. <laughs> you got to watch Nathan Peterman on Sunday. You missed Justin's entire season, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, he was actually watching a lot of those games. Uh, I was talking to Arthur a few weeks ago about some of their experience watching the games this year, which, um, which is probably you know, which which was probably therapeutic for them as well. So anyway, um, it's great to have me help back. I'm I'm glad you brought that up, Johns. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all... It's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We have voicemails to play uh, from Sunday's game, which is not nearly as serious of a a, a topic or a segment, but uh, we forgot to play them Tuesday, and I can't wait to hear what what these are all about. So your voicemails from that ugly Bears-Lions game in Detroit. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! The Hogan Johns voicemail. The Hogan Johns voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! Boys, me and Colt Kmet have been on a journey. Since last year, I've been on all the time to do score a touchdown. Didn't do it last year for me. This year, couldn't do it this year. I was like, I got man, I can't do it. He burned me last year. It's my first game back. Thanks a lot for the week, boys. How has the offensive line gotten worse every week, it feels like? Four stacks in the first half already, guys. Jeez, what else do you want Justin to do? Block for himself? Happy New Year, you filthy animals. Oh, at least we'll have the rushing record, it seems, for everything else. Oh, my goodness. It looks like we're going to need all five new starts on the offensive line rather than just three. Yeeks. Oh, John, what are we doing? It's one away left in the second year. Bears are potentially about to be down three scores. Ten eleven, currently 21-10. Justin Fields is absolutely murdered today. The offensive line absolutely invisible today. No help anywhere. It just seems like a throwaway at this point. Let's just sit him and try and get out of this one. Bears down. Oh, John, Tom from San Antonio. Just saw one of the more impressive plays that I think I may have ever seen. Two holding calls on the Chicago Bears, and they give up a sack. Both holding calls declined. Sack accepted. What a game. Bear down. So it's currently forty-one to ten. The Detroit Lions are definitely not being the Detroit Lions. So I just have a question for uh, Hogs and Johns: Is Allen Williams bad? Well, that game fucking sucked. <sighs> Fields needs to learn what NFL open is, man. Way too many missed wide open receivers or receivers coming open, but he can run the ball really well. Bear down. Kind of hard to get worked up about anything with the Bears at this point in the season. So the thing that I'm choosing to get worked up over is that Johns had a little girl and didn't name her Hogan. Thus, we could have had Hogan Johns. Very upsetting, Adam. That's a major, major drop. Bear down. Hogan Johns. Happy New Year's, guys. It's 3 a.m. on the West Coast. Just woke up from a nightmare for the Bears lost in the Lions 38-10. to 10. Oh, wait, that really happened. Felt like a nightmare. Anyway, just wanted to kick the new year off at a positive don't. We'll just say that with $130 million in cap space, another season of experience under Justin Fields' Superman cape, and a guaranteed top four pick in the draft, the future's so bright. Have a brewski on me, boys. Bear down. Hey, Bears fans, B-Man here. We still got that second pick, but my goodness, we have to get Justin some help. Okay, get up. Don't get babe. It's uh, Bob the Brock here again, calling in from a jacuzzi of uh, the finest motor oil in Detroit City. Uh, the Bears uh, lost. The quarterback checked himself out mentally of this game, and uh, so I am also pretty mentally checked out, taking a cue from quarterback one, our savior, Justin Fields. But the important thing here is that the uh, the Bears have a stranglehold on the number two position in the draft, and they could potentially move up to the number one if the uh, Colts lose to the Texans next week, which is certainly a possibility given how trash the Colts are, but the Texans are trash too. 
Next year, five Super Bowls. Chicago Bears, bear down, offseason. Huge offseason. Let's go, Bears. I agree. Missed opportunity there by you, Johns. Hogan Johns. Miss, missed something. That would have been good. Uh, fine. No. Where's the mic? Get the Mike Lennon drop for me. No. Okay. I mean, hey, I wore you guys' uh, winter hat in public the other day. You did? Yeah. I did. It's very cozy and comfy. It's a great hat. Nobody commented on it, though. Ah. Uh, yeah. B- bummer. Well, they're lost. Next time. I guess. Um, you did name one of your kids after Martellus Bennett, so I don't that think it's true. that. It's not that crazy. That is true. It's just saying. All right. Let's uh, let's let's talk about this game. I guess three big questions. It? Yeah, what? What? The, it's actually not about the game at all. I was going to say I don't even know if these questions are going to have to do with the game. <laughs> That's why I said it that way. But let's. Uh, let, I, I want to add one too, if we could circle back to it, because we had uh, Keaton on Twitter asked if we could discuss a couple players that we that. want. Make to it see. number three. Make it number yeah. three. Okay. Right. Make it number three. We'll take out that one. Okay. All right. Number one. You you guys are. Ryan Poles and Eden Cunningham. You you can Ooh. only acquire one elite player via trade or free agency. Okay. What position are you choosing? Three technique, a left tackle, or a wide receiver? What's your pick? Um ooh. You can only acquire one via trade because obviously it's gonna cost a lot. Compensation and contract, or free agency contract. What's your pick? Can it be a Can it be a defensive end? No. Nope. That Still wasn't the question. <laughs> I'm going to say. Oh man, I'm going to flip flop on this question 17 times between now and free agency. I'm just going to warn you. But today. I'm going to say wide receiver. Be a trade? Uh, well, you didn't specify that. I don't know if it's... I guess it's going to have to be via right. trade. I thought, I thought you said it was via trade. I thought that was the question. Trade or free agency. Oh, okay. Pay attention, but, fish. And not a defensive end. Um, I, I mean, this is without knowing who's really available based on this question, but I guess... Here's the thing. Even if there is a great wide receiver available, like early second round, I mean, I think you're seeing this even with George Pickens in, in Pittsburgh. Like he's a good player, he's a promising player, but he's not giving you a ton of production as a rookie. Like you, you don't, it almost always takes a year to get going. Justin Jefferson was the most extreme outlier on that, for the most part, where he I think he put up 1,400 yards as a rookie. Like that doesn't really happen. So. I feel like you have to go the other route if you're trying to get instant impact for Justin Fields in a crucial year three. Whereas I feel like it's more likely you can draft a tackle and get him in there. And the reason I'm not saying three technique is because you could just draft Jalen Carter. Yeah. I'm with you because I think, well, recent history has shown that you may not think a certain receiver is available till he's available. Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs. These guys get moved. Yeah. They do. It's happened in recent years, and the Bears need to find out what that market is, who's really available. So I'm saying wide receiver as well. I'm going to say three technique. And okay. here's why. I Because the Bears are going to draft Bryce Young. <laughs> um, I am not – I was going to say wide receiver right away because I think – you look around the league and you see what some of these top wideouts have done for their teams. I'm just not ready to say that that would make such an impact on the passing game because I just don't know yet if, you know, like can a Justin Fields and amazing wide receiver X be this great connection? I don't know. Like if Justin Fields is in the Lamar Jackson category, of quarterback, like what great receivers have come through Baltimore? And like what has Lamar Jackson done for those guys? Like I, I, for me, I look at what this offense looked like when it was at its best, and I look at what was a problem for the team, and it was defense. And if 
Like I know what Justin Fields can do. And I think, well, if you have that great three technique and you're starting to give up less points a game, you're creating more turnovers, you put fields in better situations. And like, I think that's more of a given. Like I know a great three technique, this defense could be a lot better. I don't know a hundred percent that with a great receiver, that that great receiver can come here to Chicago and go off for 1,500 yards. I just haven't seen enough from Fields as a passer to know that like, he would get the most out of that guy. Are you saying That might be harsh. Are you, but, are you about to quote a certain former receiver? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Do it. All right, next question. Hold on. Lost the doc. <laughs> what else? Go ahead. I'm listening. Number two. Rank these five players, one through five, five being the most confident you have in them, and what they've shown this season. So rate your confidence in these players. Five being the most confidence you have in these players. Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, Jack Sanborn, Tevin Jenkins, Dominique Robinson. Can multiple players be like a two? Why are you Uh, always trying to change the rules? Yes, right? (laughs) Man. Put, can you type these guys in the chat so I can see them? Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, <laughs> Jack Sanborn, Tevin Jenkins, Dominique Robinson. I believe you do have access to our show document. <laughs> I'm gonna oh. go. Can I? I'll, I'll give you mine. Okay. All right. I'm like it, it's Sanborn one. All right. Sorry. Five. So five is the highest. Sorry. Five is the highest. So five is Brisker. So five is Sanborn. Four is Brisker. Three is Jenkins, two is Robinson, one is Gordon. Whoa. Wait, I'm so confused at what you just did. Five is good. Five is good? What? Well, you just said rank them. You didn't say do it on a scale from one to five. All right. Is this a scale question or are we ranking them? Rank them. Rank rank your confidence in these players. Number one is the best. Sanborn one, Brisker two, Jenkins three, Robinson four. Gordon five. This is your confidence in their long term yes. potential, right? Yes. Wow. Robinson I typed over this Gordon. Up like ten PM last night. Yeah. Before bottles. See, this is this is kind of where maybe I've been critical, but like, I, for, I I agree with you. Sanborn's number one, based on what we've it's seen. It's a so matter far. of expectation too. Like Sanborn was a surprising instant success. Brisker was the 39th overall pick with high expectation. He didn't yeah. deliver in those expectations. Kev, you have a stat on this. Whatever chart uh, you pulled oh, up yesterday. Oh, you Kyler Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. There was a there was a chart about um like it, it is expected completions versus incomplete passes forced when you're targeted, and Kyler Gordon was the anomaly in the bad quadrant. Hmm. Um I would I would put I would still put Brisker one because I just don't know what I'm not sure what Jack Sanborn's ceiling is as a Mike linebacker. Like I mean, he might be just a, a totally solid, dependable player for several years. I think Jaquan Brisker could still has these skills to be a Pro Bowler. I know, like if we're grading on a curve, I get that, like undrafted. But I still, I still put much higher confidence in in Brisker being a ten year starter for this team than than Sanborn. So I go Sanborn Brisker, and then I I would. I would go Sam. Uh, sorry, Brisker, Sanborn. I'd still put Gordon three because there's something, there's some skill level there. And then Jenkins and Robinson. Yeah, I feel sometimes I feel bad for Dominic Robinson. The guy was a fifth round pick. Yeah, like we should always like remember that. But he hasn't had a sack since week one. And I'm not saying I don't have some confidence in Kyle Gordon. It was just a couple weeks ago where I was impressed against the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah, but the past two games, I think, have been well. Let's call it problematic. Yeah, where he looked look like a rookie. Maybe he he hit that rookie wall and fell over it a bit, and he's tripping up or something. Yeah, I think Brisker kind of did too, though. Here's what I would say about what you said about Sanborn, though. Like, let's say what we've already seen from him is his ceiling, which is fine, right? I think like, that's he, a ten-year starter. That. He was playing that yeah. well. Yeah, like yeah, that's no, how. He was. I mean, he was clearly like. I think the question is, can he keep that up? But if even if that ends up being his ceiling, and he can keep that going, I, I, that's why I have him number one. Um, I, 
this might be um, shocking, you guys. I think I put Gordon too. The guy has shown an inst- you know ability to get his hands on the football. Three interceptions this season. I think that number can go up once he gets more experience. I agree that he's kind of fallen off a little bit recently, but especially on Sunday. But and I, and I'm willing imagine, to admit that like recency bias, like seeing St. Brown have his way with him, it's yeah, fresh in my memory. <laughs> well, and here's why I actually put Gordon ahead of Brisker, which might be surprising to some, and I don't think I would have imagined doing that before the season began. But with Gordon and what we've seen from him, while it's been definitely up and down and inconsistent. I feel like a better pass rush in front of him is going to lead to even more opportunities to get his hands on the football and make game-changing plays. And probably for Brisker, too, at some point. The thing that concerns me about Brisker is the amount of times this season that he has been caught with his eyes in the wrong spot or out of position or the complete whiff of a tackle on, on Sunday. Like I still like him as a player, but that's the kind of stuff that Sanborn's already shown you, he just sort of instinctually has figured out. He just sort of knows where to go. And he, well, certainly there are some examples of Sanborn getting faked out two on a play action or something like that. I worry that with Brisker, it was happening earlier in the season and it's still happening late in the season. And there's just a part of me that wonders like, is that just not going to be one of his strengths? And being a strong safety, it kind of has to be one of your strengths. Now, I still think his floor is good starter for Bears eventually, but I'm starting to wonder, you know, when we had all these high expectations, like, is he going to be the next great safety? I'm a little worried about it. I'm not, I'm not giving up on him. I'm a little bit worried about it. I, do, I still do have those two players ahead of Tevin Jenkins, um, which kind of sucks because if it's just on, on how they played this year alone, Jenkins is probably number one. But now you got the back, you got the hip, you got the neck. neck. I just, one of the hardest questions Ryan Poles has this offseason is how much he can count on Tevin Jenkins going forward just from a health standpoint. And then I have Dominique Robinson last. Is Trenton Gill the best draft pick from the 2022 draft? Um, Maybe you're starting left tackle. Yeah, maybe. 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 Hi, Og. What do you got for number three? Yeah, this is from uh, Keaton Kane on Twitter. You guys should discuss a few players you guys want to see play in Week 18 to get a look at what they have. Mine are Sterling Weatherford and Jatiree Carter. Isn't Carter hurt? He was back full go yesterday on the injury report, but he was dealing with a back injury too. I I don't think this is going to happen based on how they've handled him, but I would still like to see Alex Leatherwood play guard this week. Why the hell not? But I want to see more of Valus Jones Jr. some offensive capacity. Did anyone else have a problem with that Sunday? He comes off his best game and they like didn't yep. use him. What the hell they, was that? He got one touch. He went for thirteen yards. It was like the like one of the biggest plays of the game. And, and then he just and, was and never on the field. Ebner's back there returning punts. Why? I don't get why they're not giving him a shot on punt return again. Like why? Yeah, if, he's, I, if, he's been, you if, if you're going to listen to what Richard Hightower says and he's been working on it and he's been showing progress in practice, then why does he not? not why, you, like yeah. either you're lying about that or or your decisions don't make sense. This I don't is get a perfect it. Perfect game to put him at punt returner. Get him some needed reps. Why not? Yeah, punt returner. Put him at wide receiver. Have him run a bunch of routes. I, I don't. What's I, the I'm, worst I'm that can happen? There. He muffs one and then you have a better chance of getting the number one overall pick. Yeah. Come on. I'm trying to think of a really random... How about... Here's a ra- really random name. Ready for this one? Kellen Deesh. The center? Bear practice or not squad, a bear? <laughs> practice squad tackle. He's been in the practice squad all year. Rookie. One of those guys with like incredible athletic grades from the combine. Throw him a tackle. See what he can do. Yeah. I'm with Adam and... and but Le- Bayless Leatherwood, is number one. Like... But- See what he could do. He's, Even if you're not happy with him. Like, yeah, yeah. whatever it is, whatever's going on Try there. Try to like, be happy with Get him. some tape on him. Yes. Even if it goes poorly. Who cares? You're paying him a lot. Pay him a play. <laughs> and if Fields was back there, I wouldn't be saying this. But, you know, it's okay. Peterman will be fine. Um, I actually like the Sterling Weatherford idea. That dude's been pretty good on special teams all year. Like, that was a find, I think. And... 
if he's healthy because he's been on the injury report too. So yeah, he, he had an illness yesterday. I was surprised that he never that they went to like I mean Joe Thomas has been fine. Don't get me wrong, but I was a little surprising that they never gave Weatherford a shot at linebacker. He's yeah. been solely. I think I said to John's one point. I wonder if he is this regime's Iggy, where he's just a special teams guy. Doesn't Which is fine, do. but even Iggy had some chances to get out there linebacker. Yeah, from time to time when the injury struck. So, and wouldn't you want to evaluate that going into next year? Because that's a that's turns into a situation where maybe you don't need to carry a veteran like Joe Thomas if your quote unquote special teamer can fill in at Sam uh, in a pinch. We'll see. All right, uh, we got to pick this up a little bit, huh? Over unders, real quick. This is from Pickles on Twitter. Mentions of the significance of the Texans game. This I, I want this to include like breakaway highlights. He's got it at five and a half. I almost want to say like six and a half. So let's go with uh, his at five and a half. I'm going to go over. Five and a half, I'm going way over. I'm going under because there's not going to be any highlights from that game. <laughs> oh, different broadcast, right? But like, what are you going to show? just saying nobody's going to score. Yeah. Like, what's gonna, what, what are you going to show at that game? Both teams should try to lose that game. It's in the Colts' best interest to lose. Why would yes. they want to give the Texans... Jeff Saturday isn't here to lose. But why would they want to give the Texans the number one pick? That'd be idiotic. It it, yeah. it it not only is in their division, but gives the Colts no shot at trading up then for the number it, one. It's pick. like the the ultimate like don't play game. <laughs> yeah, I'll go under. That there's nothing. To, there's nothing to say about that game. That other, one's other even more fascinating. Yeah, that one's more fascinating. Than the Bears oh, game. the broadcast is going to bring it up all the time. Yeah, I think no? they'll mention Unless, it. But I just think they're but not going to score updates. It's going to be zero zero to the fourth quarter. I don't know, man. Tanking's kind of a sensitive issue after what happened with the Dolphins last year. They, they might get a mandate from the NFL not to Ooh. not to talk about it too much. About well, year. and that's what that's I'm what serious. I, I, uh, I, I was thinking about that too because when we were talking about if the Bears would play in the afternoon, I was thinking, well, that's not going to be fun to not play at the same time as the Texans. But the league purposely would not want to put them together because they don't want any chicanery, if you chicanery. will. Chicanery. Like that song, we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> we song. don't talk about tanking. All right, this is from Ryan. Over, under, and showing fields on the sideline. I'll set it at three and a half. Yeah, over. Over. This is from Chris. Peterman, total turnovers. Two and a half. Total turnovers. Over. Uh, I'll under say two. under because I feel like he'll hand it off. 35 times. Oh, that's a good point. This is from Jack. Montgomery, David Montgomery, Wildcat snaps. Four and a half. Ooh. Under. Say you get like three or four, so under. Um, I'll say under, but I can't. That's interesting. I like that. Can I add one more? Sure. Tim Boyle snaps. Ooh. Ooh. Seven and a half. Under. I would say if he said a half, but does he get a snap? Yes, he gets the kneel down at the end of the game. Okay. In other does words, that mean the, the Bears won or lost. In yeah. other words, does Nathan Peterman get hurt at some point? I think is sort of the question. Well, you're I putting Alex Leatherwood in front of him, so I know. I. Uh. <laughs> all right. Um, I think that's all we got for that, right? All right. Gold yep. predictions. Um, Nathan Peterman throws a touchdown pass to Cole Komet. Uh, probably not. No, I'm doing it. Cole Komet. Sorry, Vic. Going back to Dream. going back to the well here. Make sure to apologize to Cole in the locker room later today. And um <laughs> might as well shut him down for week eighteen too. Actually they probably should, but <laughs> the good guy. JD good guy award winners probably gonna play. Yeah. All right. Well, we know Khalil Herbert is. Yeah. Because he's the honorary captain, and I think he's gonna get a lot of work in this game. So I am going to say uh Khalil Herbert scores two touchdowns as the bold prediction. Dose touchdowns. Kevin, the before we talk ends. You, you, the boldest predictions you could actually do right now. Is picking Jalen Johnson to get an interception, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. I heard that. And, and Jalen Jones might be out this week too, so let's remember yes, that. Yes. Either one. Yeah. So be Josh bold Blackwell, here, Kevin. Also, I you know. 
the drought ends, Dominique Robinson gets a quarterback hit. <laughs> Not even a sack? I love how they could be do- a, it could be a sack. Why it did he be- get that sack the other day? I know. I felt so bad. Although Travis Gibson has owned drought to um, you know, end. Well, I kind of appreciated that Gibson got it because like a lot of times you create the sack, but the other guy actually brings him down. I just thought it was interesting that they actually scored that again. Gibson didn't touch him. He just created the sack. At it was interesting. It. Give it to both of them. No. Dominic Robinson, the drought ends. Okay. Wait, wasn't he the one who tackled him? Yeah, but he didn't get credit for it. No, I thought, oh, yeah, you're right. They give, duh, yeah. I just said that. Yeah. Okay, the drought's over. Fair enough. All right, here we go. Uh, Fox Noon, Vikings at Bears, seven and a half. Uh, the uh, John's listed this as the Bears being a seven and a half point favorite, which is obviously <laughs> wrong. <laughs> I was tired last night. Uh, so the Vikings are a seven and a half point favorite. Yes, yes. Um, Vikings... 27 to 10. That's it. Yeah. Let's wrap it up, boys. Yeah. Yeah. Vikings John's 25. No, not this podcast, this season. Vikings oh. 25, <laughs> uh, Bears 6. 25 to 6. 25 to 6. Yeah. I'm not optimistic about a touchdown either. Um, I will say. Oh, it's safe that Peter is going to deliver you one nice drive. And you're like, oh, that, that, that looked pretty good. And then that's it. Uh, probably not. I'm going to say 17-6 because I actually think the Vikings kind of call off the guard here, start thinking about the playoffs, and take it easy in the second half. So I don't think it gets too out of hand. Um, so 17-6. Okay. Actually, I my take 20, that back. 24-6. There's no way the Bears hold them under 20. 24-6. My 25-6 included two safeties for the Vikings. Wow. That's good. All right. Um, let's get to the other games here. What question are you asking me? We're only going to do a couple. Texans, Colts, noon, opposite Bears on CBS. Is this actually being shown opposite locally? Sometimes they do that. That'd be cool. Like the Vikings-Giants game on Christmas Eve was on the other TV at the same time. I should double sure. check that. It'd be cool if you got both games on. Uh, so Texans Colts. The Colts are a two and a half point favorite here. I'm going with the Texans, which would secure the Bears the first overall pick because I think the Colts are going to try to lose harder. I'm serious about this. I, I, I don't yeah. think it, like I tagging is a sensitive sub subject, but. I just see Lovey Smith delivering a little bit more in this instance. Like one last present for the Bears. Even if they're both trying to win, I think the Colts are in a better place to win. I mean, last week was a clunker, but they've been playing better football. Lovey Wait, Colts or Texans? I got Texans. You're saying te- Colts or Texans? Oh, I meant to say Texans. Okay. I think the Texans are in a better place to win. The Colts are a mess right now. They're starting Sam Ellinger. Lovey is, we just, regardless of what he says, we know he's the type of coach that's going to try to win. I'm not even sure his job's 100% safe. Well, that's kind of why I think the Texans win, because I love the idea of, of him sticking it to management almost. There you and, go. And that up. By the way, according to my Xfinity app, um, noon Sunday CBS NFL game teams TBA. Ooh. They better be so showing maybe, Colts, Texans. I'm here. sure they already know that. Yeah, it's it's a game will be on at the same time at the Bears. All right. So are you taking the Texans too? Yes. Okay. All right. So two words: Aaron Rodgers. Um, Hall of Fame. Two words. <laughs> the best. Uh, you, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> All right, NBC, 7.20 p.m. Lions at Packers. Packers are a four-and-a-half-point favorite. The Lions, well, they're hoping to have something to play for, but thanks to the NFL's scheduling of all this, they might not. Seahawks could eliminate them in the late afternoon window by winning, which makes this one kind of tricky. Um, I love the Lions to at least cover I actually think they're better than the Packers right now. I like, despite what happened last week with the Packers over the Vikings, 
If this game's in Detroit, I'd be picking the Lions to win outright. But I just think this... It's too tough. It's in Green Bay. They might be eliminated earlier in the day. So... It's a tough one to pick. I'm going to take Packers win, but Lions cover. But the, are the Packers affected at all by the Seahawks? No, the Packers just need to win and they're in. All right, so this is what I like. Seahawks win, get in. But the Lions ruin the Packers' day with the upset win. Mm. That's what I want to see. Right. I, I do feel like if there's a coach and a team that can like overcome the idea that they got eliminated right before kickoff. And like rally to that point. And just like, because everything Dan Campbell's been like, he could somehow still turn that into a Super Bowl game for the Lions. It, like, it, this is it. This is our last chance. Show that grit. It, it'd be so wildly entertaining too. They would go at like ex- to extreme lengths to eliminate the Packers. I would love it. It would be so entertaining. That's the that's the scenario I actually want in this. Yeah, but here's the so other I'll, thing: if the Seahawks lose, then they get to do that and still make the playoffs. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> I'll be the I'll be the Debbie Downer, and I think the Seahawks win, and I think Dan Campbell does his best. But in the end, these players know that they're not playing for anything, and I think that that I think that that matters when you get into the second half. It's in Lambeau, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's cold, and you know, I just I just think that at some point push comes to shove, and the Packers end up winning by ten. Okay, what a Debbie Downer. Go Bears! Just burped into the mic. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Coffee burp right in the mic. There you go. Wait, what a way to end this podcast. Um, we're out of here. Kev, thanks for being here today. It's good having you out for, for the whole me. show. Uh, expect victory, baby. Hashtag expect victory. Kevin Fishbane in the house. Follow him on Twitter at KFishbane. You can follow us at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Read those guys on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns, where you go to subscribe, get a great deal. You can find me at allchgo.com. Become a diehard there. Again, obviousshirts.com, all our merch. You can, I believe those JD shirts are also back on sale right now. And then, of course, the DeMar Hamlin shirt that I'm wearing is available. If you'd like to get that, um, check it out. And, of course, all of those proceeds go to DeMar Hamlin's Toy Drive Fund. Um, And all the proceeds from the JD shirts, too, also go to charity. So, Um, all for a great cause. Go check it out, obviousshirts.com. We are out of here. We'll be back Sunday for one last post-game show. And by then, we will know if the Bears have the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. We'll talk to you then. See ya. Point is, uh, those are some numbers.